0: Morning and happy Saturday, you guys! It is Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, one hundred four point three FM and twelve twenty AM. There
1: it is. There it is.
0: <laughs> so our two sponsors for this first half is Oddmo's Pizza. He's absolutely amazing, you guys. If you're not don't have anything planned for dinner tonight, definitely check him out. I highly recommend the Green Monster Pizza, and their potato poppers are phenomenal. And then Mark Creamer with Family Heritage Northwest. Mark is an exclusive agent for Globe Life, the Family Heritage Division, where they protect families from financial devastation of cancer and other serious illnesses. Mark can be reached at 503-341-4345 or on his website at familyheritagenw.com.
1: You get that down better and better. I know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's really exciting that we have a really great guest in studio, Dr. Isaacson, a friend of mine for a long time. Um, So, welcome.
2: Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, so he I,
1: actually, t- go
2: ahead. I have to, to put in real quickly. You called me Dr. Isaacson. I am a doctor, but I have to to clarify by Oregon law, I am a doctor of chiropractic. By law, I have to state that I'm a doctor of chiropractic. Otherwise, people think I'm a medical doctor. And apparently, the medical doctors don't like me being lumped in with their group. And you know what? I'm fine being separate from that. Yeah. I'm totally okay yeah. with that.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: super quick story on what he just said. We had formed the organization, and we'll get into that here in a minute, and he was on our board of directors, and then I was at at Salem Greeters, and this MD, doctor, came to me and said, you know, you really need a doctor on your board of directors, I have a doctor on my board, and she goes, no, she said, I mean like a real doctor. So, yeah, the MDs and the DCs, it's a whole different The
0: guy's story. got a beef going? You know... <laughs> Just it,
2: kidding. <laughs> we didn't start it. For whatever reason, I, I think they maybe feel threatened by us or right? something. I, I don't know. Well, we get into this interview, you'll understand why they're threatened by Dr. Ives. <laughs> okay, all With right. those
1: that... Don't know him as Doctor Addison for me. He's just Andrew. So okay. I think he goes by that too.
0: I I go by Andrew. Yeah.
1: And for most people, know, he goes by Dad a lot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good one. That's the best one. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, our recap actually plays in because last week Nolan called us from Costa Rica. That was so
0: cool to have him join us.
1: I know, and I because I, I've told Nolan's story, but then it was great for him to tell that story. Yeah. Too right. Mm-hmm. Well, I had. It was early 2019, and I thought it would be just really cool to be part of Cancer Awareness Weekend. And, and then Dr. Eisen's on our board of directors. says, you really need to send an email to this young man. And I didn't know who he was. And for a variety of reasons, he couldn't tell me how he knew who he was. But he said, you need to get, reach out to him. And uh, Nolan showed up to throw that first pitch out.
0: Oh, that's, yep. Mm-hmm. So
1: I actually found Nolan because of Dr.
0: Isaacs. Okay. I think the most interesting part of his story, if you don't mind me yeah, touching no, on it, no, definitely. um was that he enjoyed going to the doctors. It was uh it was a feel good for him in a sense. And I don't know if it was because of the certain nurses and doctors and the toys and stuff, but it was refreshing because kids go through a lot being at the hospital. Yeah. I mean adults go through a lot being at the hospital. So for that to be a, a safe place for him in such a hard time it it made his story easier for me yeah if that makes sense yeah
1: well and i think because he was diagnosed at 3 so from 3 to 6 he didn't know any different
0: right that was normal to him that was yeah. what kids did
1: yeah i know that Dr. Eisen actually does a lot of work with children, and I think that you would agree that if that's what they know, that's what they know. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're growing up. You've got so much going on in your brain. So many new neur- uh, neuron connections are being made. It's really about growing, and if that's a big part of your life when you're growing up, I mean, that's that's a huge deal. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I did call his mom after we recorded. She was super excited to, to hear that episode. Um, but she remembers Nolan actually asking when his little brother, so Nolan has a brother younger than him, when his little brother was going to get his port. When his little brother was going to get to come to Dornbreckers Right. Because right? that
0: was his. It's his turn. This is normal. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, the other recap that I would be remiss if I did not tell you, um, Brenda sent me a, an update of how she's doing.
0: Oh, Yes. Her updates are one of my favorite updates because yeah. <laughs> she's so strong. She and she continues to push push through and just gives it gives hope to, to me. Just with the basic things, if she can do everything that she's doing, then I can do whatever I need to do.
1: Well, it's gonna play in it a lot into Dr. Isaac and I getting involved together. But for listeners who aren't aware, um, Brent and I co founded Kicking Cancer five years ago. At that time, she thought she had the cancer to control. It had gone metastatic. And in November of last year, she had a recurrence. So she's back in the fight again, mm-hmm. right? So she says over the last 12 weeks since recurrence of breast cancer surgery in January, have been employing a vigorous regime of high-dose IV vitamin C therapy. That's
0: right. That's right. I remember her talking about that.
1: Yeah. Dr. Edison, why, what, in in your medical opinion, (laughs) why why do you think this is such a valuable thing for me
2: to be doing this high dose IV therapy? So vitamin C has a lot of different things in the body. One of the main things that it does and what really helps with cancer is that it boosts your immune system. And our immune system literally tries to attack and kill cancer. The problem is that it's kind of a losing battle for most people because we don't have enough nutrients for our immune system to really be strong enough to overcome the cancer. The cancer is stronger. So by doing what you can to boost the immune system, you're actually increasing the opportunity and the chances for your own immune system to kill that cancer rather than the cancer overtaking you.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, so it's a huge asset.
2: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Well, and that's what Brenda goes on to say. She says, under the care of my naturopathic physician, to help set the appropriate dosage, I have just this week completed my protocol of 12 rounds Oh wow! of the intravenous high-dose IV vitamin C. I know this has been an enormous benefit to my body in boosting my immune system mm-hmm. to tackle the out-of-shape cancer cells, just what... Yeah. He said, right? The treatments do make me so so tired. Yeah. Um I find I am going to bed directly after the treatment, usually in bed for nearly 10 hours. Oh wow. I get fatigued more easily, so I am working to always honor sleep. Mhm. I know this is doing my body the good it needs and rest is part of the healing process.
0: Well, I'm sure the those side effects of just being really exhausted and taking longer, sleeping longer um is much more beneficial than chemotherapy and radiation and what those side effects could look like. Yeah. So I'm sure it might not be as easy as just taking a vitamin C, but definitely better than the alternative options.
1: Well Brenda and I have often joked there's a phrase I used years ago before we started this, I said, Well you know and a lot of people do this. They just get working really hard. They say, oh, I'll just sleep when I die. Right. And Brenda says yes you will, <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> She respects the whole lot more than she used to.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I have to tell you one more funny story about Dr. Ideson because it plays into our recipe this week. Okay. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of, the, one of the big differences between the DCs and the MDs is he did not take any classes in pharmaceutical.
2: Just a very brief kind of overview, but right. very, very little. Yes. Correct. So you can't
1: prescribe medication. Correct. Right. Um, well, I had, I had been getting ready for that first Spartan race. I was just really sore, you know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't the muscles that were sore. It was the joints that were sore. And, and he might remember this. So I, I and, and he's been my chiropractor for years and years. And so I go in, I said, I don't understand. Like, why isn't the, aren't the muscles sore? Like this joint is sore and this joint is sore. And, and he said, how much dark? green vegetables are you eating
0: were you not eating any
1: not (laughs) many so his prescription for me was to go home and have a salad
0: okay I like that. That's yeah. it actually feeding your body mm-hmm. versus just over-medicating it, mm-hmm. which can then lead to just masking. and Yeah, so much
2: on. of what uh, we tend to do is just masking the symptoms. Exactly. I have patients that come in and tell me, and they say, you know, I as long as I take ibuprofen every morning when I get up and Tylenol every afternoon, I feel okay. And I look at them, I say, you know, I don't think that your body is deficient in acetaminophen. I'm pretty sure you're not needing ibuprofen you're masking symptoms right. you're deficient in other things and if we can find the, what you're deficient in and replace that and get those numbers up you don't need the ibuprofen and you don't need the tylenol um and those things uh, have side effects whereas the other things don't
0: right the, well their side effects are beneficial correct
2: they're, they're beneficial side effects right. rather than correct desired side effects yes. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> well our recipe today is a lemony kale salad Ooh. so it feeds it it feeds ta- right <laughs> into it. <kale's> and one <laughs> of the
0: really good, it's like a superfood, isn't yep. it? The kale. Yep. One of yeah. the
2: best greens you can eat. Yep. Yeah.
1: And I'm not a huge fan of kale, so I'll, I'll, I'll replace spinach with this, but either one of those are definitely good options. The, the worst option is just iceberg lettuce. Uh, yes. Because it's just a bunch of water. Mm-hmm.
2: It used to be
0: my <laughs> There's
1: favorite. There's some
2: fiber in there, but that's that's it. There's not yeah. much more than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So here's what it says about our recipe. It doesn't get much better than a crisp, citrus-filled salad during the warm summer months, which I hear summer is coming
0: eventually. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Seems <laughs> like winter's last a long time. It's a little tease. Um, lemony kale salad It goes great as a side next to a bowl of warm soup or a heartier meal like home-style lentil loaf which is a different recipe inside this magazine. Awful. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) (laughs) Once prepared, kale salads can be stored in the refrigerator for up to four days. Oh, okay. So only four ingredients. You've got two tablespoons of freshly squeezed lemon juice. You have a half a teaspoon of maple syrup. That's our...
0: Uh, Sweetener.
1: That's our sweetener. That's what we place in sugar. You have a teaspoon of minced garlic and then five cups of chopped kale.
0: Okay. I'll give
2: one more thing there. If you rinse the kale, <coughs> excuse me, rinse the kale after you chop it, um, it'll actually taste better. There's a little bit of chemical released when you cut the kale that makes it a little bit bitter, and if you just rinse it briefly, that bitterness is gone and the uh, it'll taste better.
1: Oh, oh that's good because I don't like the bitter, so maybe that's what the okay. I'm not yeah. rinsing it. There's my problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much. Just a quick rinse under the sink. Uh, make sure your water's clean, of course, and it, it'll taste a lot better.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. So now I have a question. What if it's cooked? It's okay. Uh, So I've done kale chips, like I've baked kale chips, and that's really the only way I like kale. Is it still just as good for you raw as it is cooked, or does it all go away?
2: It's actually better raw than cooked. Uh. There's more nutrients in there. There's very, very few... vegetables that you can cook where you're increasing the nutritional content. Um, and, and in fact, those that you can cook and get more nutrition, you're only getting it in one or two specific chemicals. For example, cooked carrots have more carotene in them than raw carrots. Oh. Um, but the other chemicals, the other phytochemicals that are in the carrot, there's actually more in a raw carrot than a cooked one. Right. Okay. So in general, you're going to get a better job, better nutritional content if you eat them raw.
0: Okay. I was going to say that would be good cooked, too, like with the garlic mm-hmm. and then the lemon with the baked chips. You know? Well, and
1: when we've had Mickey Meiser in here, right, she mm-hmm. says there's there's good, better, best. Yes. And if we can get you from good to better, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like cooking that's better, this is best. But right. at least start moving in the right direction.
0: Yes. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So a simple recipe in a large bowl, Whisk whisk together the lemon juice, the maple syrup, and the garlic then add the kale and massage in the dressing for about one or two minutes and then ready to serve.
0: Okay. So I don't think I've ever recipe. heard a Massaging. Yeah. I that, actually, I've never heard
1: that phrase either.
0: I'm like, massage? Do we need to take a class the... for that? So yeah. Usually
1: you just toss the salad, not massage, massage the salad. Massage the salad dressing in. Yeah. Okay, noted. I like it. So for all of the listeners out there, man, always get the picture of this. You can always email her. Um, there is one last update that I don't really have an update on. Which is good news, is good news, but a few weeks back, we had Ozzy's parents in studio with us. And Ozzy's, I was just shocked, and and I think Dr. Isaac could shed some light on this, but when Shiloh's mom said they found a golf ball-sized tumor in a two-year-old's brain, except you said... We look at the head, but the head isn't the size of the brain. The brain is how much smaller than the
2: head? Generally, if you take two fists and put them together, that's the size of your brain. No matter how old you are or how young you are, your two fists clenched and put together is the size of the brain, roughly.
0: So a three-year-old's so brain a three-year-old is pretty. So a three-year-old
2: pretty much the size of his two little fists. It's a little bit larger in, in an infant because okay. their heads are, are bigger just to make room for that. But generally, uh, two fists clenched together at side by side, that's the size of your brain. So okay. if you imagine a little three-year-old, his two little fists clenched together, put side by side, and then take a golf ball and stick that in there, you're taking up a significant portion of that cranial cavity.
0: Wow, so not only is that, that tumor. That puts it in
2: perspective, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, so not only is that tumor very large in there, but your brain has to go somewhere too. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that there's also yeah. pressure mm-hmm. and. Well, and, and else you remember
1: they said when they got up there to OHSU, they did the stint initially to get the pressure out of Ozzy's
0: brain. That's right, yeah. They had
1: to get some, there was so much liquid and pressure that it had to release that pressure. hmm. Well, the CAR-T cells were working. They were stabilizing the tumor. But John did a good job of explaining that this this diffuse intrinsic, basically, it's like just woven itself inside of Ozzy's brain. And you can't just go take a tumor out. Right. But then it shifted, and it's put pressure against the part of his brain that controls motor skills. So his Mm -hmm. right arm doesn't work anymore. He Mm -hmm. can't eat. He's got a feeding tube. Um, The pictures I've seen, it looks like he's gained... 20 pounds he, he looks like he's ballooning up yeah. is there a reason Probably for that
2: water weight yeah he's, his body's not clearing the fluids out of his
0: system yeah
1: and they put him on hospice um but the, right now the family's back in kentucky and they're visiting family and knowing that the last days are coming
0: okay oh so they're not even in town they went to go no. just spend their last moments yeah. with john's family's
1: from kentucky so they went back there
0: well good i'm glad that they're surrounded by loved ones right now in this yeah. difficult so time. there's an
1: update it's it's not bad news. It's not good news, but that's what's going on with Ozzy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to do a really big flashback all the way back to early 2018.
0: Taking us way back. Way back.
1: (laughs) Um, For those, again, the listeners have been listening, I think this is like our 94th podcast. So you've got to go all the way back. But in one of the early podcasts, I talked about how this whole thing started. And I was looking for someone to help fund our very first clinic. Dr. Axe had been in my chiropractor for some time, and, and he says, yeah, um, let's sit down and talk. So there was a lot of the story I didn't know yet at that time. But we sat down at the Denny's, and I told him I had this idea where Brendan and somebody would start talking about So he funded, he actually put some money up to help fund that very first clinic okay. in
0: 2018.
1: But what I would love for you to share is, why did you fund that first
2: clinic? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm a cancer survivor. There
1: you go.
0: Are you? Yeah. Okay, that's great.
2: Uh, Nine and a half years ago, I had liposarcoma. Uh, It was roughly the size of a baseball. And uh, thankfully, we caught it and were able to remove it and didn't have too much. I didn't have to do any chemo. Uh, Doctors had recommended uh, radiation. And um, at the time, I wasn't really up to speed on a lot of the cancer treatment type stuff. I knew the basics. Right. Uh, I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I know a lot more now than I did then. And uh, they were recommending radiation. I did a little research on it and decided to uh, not do that and and change my diet and what I was doing. And uh, I've now been nine and a half years clean.
0: So is it, I guess my my biggest question, and I always wonder if I was in that position to choose to go against their recommendation of radiation and to take it into your own hands with just your diet, is that a difficult decision to make? Is there, or is it I guess it was probably the better of the two evils but is it scary going against what your doctor's telling you you need to do?
2: Not so much for me. Okay. I, and there's two reasons for that. One, my personality, I've always been kind of someone to buck the trend. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I've not been a, a real good follower, go along to get along type of guy. Right, right. Um, and secondly, uh, I had a pretty good amount of knowledge. I mean, I was already graduated in doctor, so I, I already knew anatomy, I knew physiology, I knew um, disease and pathology and that kind of stuff. So I had a fair understanding of what I was going through, what my body was doing. Um, so having that knowledge and then just not wanting to be the follower it, was, it wasn't too difficult for me but I can absolutely understand if you don't have the assurance of the knowledge of knowing how your body works and how cancer works how absolutely terrifying it would be we were very much in this um, in this day and age Taught to fear cancer, mm-hmm. you know, it, pretty much everyone believes that if you get a t- cancer diagnosis, it's a death sentence. Right. And so the idea of getting that diagnosis and not really understanding and knowing, um, yeah, I can see how it would be very easy to want to follow what your doctors are recommending regardless of whatever else
0: right especially when we've been taught to look up to our doctors for so long you know become a lawyer become a doctor that's how you become successful they know it all and so to to go against what they say um and brenda is doing the same and so it it takes a lot of courage i feel like um a lot of strength and courage Uh absolutely
2: well
1: and and that's going to tie into another one of the stories that i want to share but before we jump into that story the second clinic he was a speaker at. Okay. So I had sat down within the first one was actually a, a pretty good success. I said, "Well, maybe maybe we're onto something here. Maybe we could actually uh, we could actually do some clinics and share some ideas." And so I had read something about vibrations, and that trees and grass have different vibrations than concrete. We, remember we talked about that yes, some time back?
0: Yes, I do remember that.
1: And and so I sat down with Dr. Iggson, and we came up with this idea that Brenda was one speaker, and he was the other speaker. And we did it um, at a townhouse that had this little room. And then at the end, we um, offered people if they want to take their shoes off and walk out in the grass. But what I find so intriguing is it, during that... You did an amazing job of actually describing in terms we'll understand how cancer forms, and maybe in the last four or five minutes, can you do that again?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll make it quick. All right, so the analogy that I typically give is you're standing at a copy machine, right, and you're making a copy of a document. You take that copy off and you look at it and you compare it to the original, and it looks pretty much identical, but there's some minor changes, right? There's little differences. Right. There might be something on the scanning bed that got picked up on on the scanner and now it's printed that on the new copy. There might be something inside the rollers that left a little mark on the paper as it went through the rollers in that copy machine. And so your copy is not quite as good as the original, but it's close enough. You can still read it. It's still legible, right? Right. But if you take that copy and put it on the bed and and copy it again, and then take that copy and do it again, and then take that copy and do it again, do that a couple hundred times, you take that three or four hundredth copy of a copy of a copy of a copy off, and you compare it to the original, and now it's almost indiscernible. Mm-hmm. They don't even look like the same document. That's what happens in our body as our bodies are constantly replacing our cells. Our DNA is being copied over and over and over again. The original cell that we were formed from in our mom's utero, <clears throat> uterus, is no longer there. It's been copied, and and that one has died, and a new one's taken its place thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. Now, in that code of DNA, that DNA code tells our body literally every cell what it's going to do. You're a muscle cell. You're a brain cell. You're a fat cell. You're a stomach lining cell. You're an intestine cell. You're a liver cell. Whatever it is, that code in there tells that cell what it's going to do. If that code gets an error in it, now we've got problems. Now, most of the time when those errors happen, no big deal. The part of the DNA that this cell needs to operate is fine, it's intact, and the error is somewhere off, off to the side that it doesn't need, so it's no big deal. Every once in a while the error happens in that bit of code that tells that cell what it needs to do. Now is where we start to have problems. Most of the time when that error happens in the code that, that cell needs to operate, it causes that cell to die. Not a big deal, we go back to the original cell, we make a new copy, and we keep going. But even more rare than that, that little bit of code that tells that cell what to do, that error, instead of killing that cell, tells the cell, you know what? I think we need to increase our output. We need to increase our replicating process. Instead of replicating once every six months, let's, uh, let's replicate every eight hours. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. I was right. <laughs> and then it starts replicating like crazy and that becomes tumors, and that becomes cancers. Kind of like, like,
0: do they cluster together? Because yes. They're...
2: Well, because it's, it's that cell replicating into another one, and they're adjacent to each other when they replicate. And right. then it replicates again and again and again, and they're all right next to each other. Now, in order to do that, they have to have a tremendous amount of building supplies, right? If I try to build a, a house on the other side of town, far the, away from the lumber supplier... It's going to take a long time for me to go back and forth and bring the lumber there. But if I set up shop right next door to the lumber supply... You're golden. I'm golden. So what does your cells do when it starts to replicate like that? It starts bringing more blood supply to the area. That's one of the fastest ways that we can detect cancers is looking at your blood flow in your body. When you see a hot spot where a ton of new blood vessels have been grown, feeding an area that shouldn't be there... That's cancer. Cancer has brought in all that blood supply so it has all the building materials that it needs to build those cells and replicate over and over and over again and create that tumor growth.
0: Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard it. um, Isn't
2: that a great analogy?
0: It really is. It made me understand. I don't think I've ever really understood it until you just explained it like that. Mm -hmm. So thank you. welcome. That was interesting. That puts it into perspective.
1: You just got the three-minute version of a 30-minute seminar.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you very
1: much. No, but it... When he explained it to me, I said, well, why don't we turn this into an actual, you know, one of our seminars. Yeah. The people walk out of there just so much more knowledge of what what cancer does. And then he gets into radicals and free radicals and other ways that we can treat it. But um, he's been with us right from the very first sharing information, so...
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Glad to do it. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. You guys, our sponsors for this first half is Moe's Pizza. And they have they've got a new beer coming out, don't they? Or do yeah, they already the have a end of
1: the end actually probably in the next few days, it'll be a blueberry heifer bison.
0: Blueberry.
1: And you can only get it at OddMos. Of course. But it is produced by Sandy and Brian.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I love that's how they partner together with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so definitely check them out for dinner. Grab your pizza. Grab your poppers. Grab your beer. Have a great night on this beautiful Saturday. And then our other sponsor is Mark Creamer with Family Heritage Northwest. Mark is an exclusive agent for Globe Life, the Family Heritage Division, where they protect families from financial devastation of cancer and other serious illnesses. Mark can be reached at 503 341 4345 or on his website at familyheritagenw.com. Stay tuned, you guys. We'll be right back after these messages on KSLM Radio 104.3 FM and 1228.